Welcome to the 2024 season of the Daughters Without Moms podcast. I can't believe this is the fourth year. I'm so thrilled that you are here and listening. It means so much to me to hear that others are learning and growing from the stories and thoughts being shared here. Today, I will share my thoughts on healing, that you have to feel to heal. It has been on my heart to encourage others to do the hard work of feeling your grief. I'd love to hear your thoughts once you listen. Please leave a comment on Instagram or Facebook or send me an email. Let's get started. Since this is the first episode of the 2024 season, I want to start by sharing a little bit about myself again. I'm a daughter without a mom, dad, or sister. My mom died in 1983 when I was 13 years old. Then I lost my dad in 2018 and my only sibling, my sister Amy, in 2020. This made me the last living person in my family of origin. Then a major birthday and a pandemic. I had time to think and reflect. I reflected on losing my mom at such a young age and realized that I never really grieved that loss. It became obvious that I had a lot to learn about my own grief. As I dug into research and educational resources, I realized that I wanted to provide support to others who have experienced grief and loss as well. These are the grief beliefs that I've developed over the past four years. Number one, you don't get over grief. It will forever remain a part of you. Number two, your identity changes after a major loss. You are no longer the person you were before. You really can't be. A part of you has changed. That is an additional grief to process. Number three, we live in a death-denying culture. Even though it is one of the very few things in life we will all experience, we do not do a good job of providing space for grief and loss. Number four, sharing our stories is so important. Not only is it therapeutic for you, it is a connection to and for others. Many times, grievers feel so lonely and sometimes ashamed. Hearing another person's story can help us feel connected. It can also help others understand your grief more. It may even allow you to be more compassionate with yourself. Number five, our culture continues to push us to seek seek validation externally from others and from things. This will never provide true validation. We have to do our own internal work. We must learn to love ourselves as we are right now. At the beginning of a new year, we are bombarded with goal-setting strategies and quick fixes for a new you, blah, blah, blah. What if this year was different? What if the you you are right now is the exact you you are supposed to be? At church recently, our pastor shared a sermon about inner beauty that got me thinking about soul care and other things I've been reading about lately like blocking love due to the traumatic experiences as a child, the wildness of loving someone who has experienced loss. You can ask my husband about that one. Self-sabotage, which I shared about on the podcast a month ago. I believe all of these things are related to our grief experience and in turn affect our inner beauty. What if we embrace all of it, the good and the bad? instead of stuffing it down or hiding it or feeling ashamed of it. If you are here, there is some kind of hole in your life. 
You don't show up to the Daughters Without Moms podcast willy-nilly. You may have lost a mom, dad, or sister like me, a husband or a child, or maybe you've lost a job or the life you thought you would have. We've all experienced loss, but we are not provided the tools to deal with the consequences of loss. In my opinion, you cannot fill your whole void what's missing in your life with what the world offers. You will not find validation from external sources. You must find the source of your contentment on the inside. What if this year you reflect and focus on the inside? What you are instead of what you're not? What you have instead of what you don't have? Have you been using the world's yardstick of success? How did that make you feel? Do you feel good when trying to fulfill what the world says is important? Are you able to meet the expectations? Or does the finish line constantly move? Do you ever feel satisfied or proud? I shared a post in August of 2021 where I asked about how your negative self-talk is serving you. And 100% of you said it isn't. What we have to offer the world is our inner beauty, the light that comes from within. Being a daughter without a mom makes it harder for us to let that light shine. Darkness feels comfortable. The loss has urged us to turn away from the light. Then it begins to feel comfortable because it is what we know. And the person who was that light, for some of us, is no longer here to add to your spark. It is hard. Life is hard. Have you been numbing your emotions because they are too hard to feel? Do you keep it all in the dark to not feel your grief? Do you know that numbing your grief means you are also numbing your joy? I recently listened to a podcast with Dr. Russell Kennedy. He says that if you went through trauma as a child, you don't blame the other people. You blame yourself and stop loving yourself. Then the judging, abandoning, shaming kicks in, and it creates an alarm in your nervous system. That can lead to a lifetime of feeling separate or alone. You learn to block love because it's too painful to feel it. You can't block self-love without also blocking love to and from everyone. When you find the blocks that you have to loving yourself, the alarms start to fade. We have to look at the root cause of our walls and shame and criticism. If this resonates with you, I encourage you to look up Dr. Russell Kennedy and do some of your own exploring. Allowing yourself to experience your grief will be hard and scary. Fear will creep up and want you to stay where you are because it feels comfortable and cozy. Even if it does mean you feel ashamed and alone. At least you know this feeling. You have lived with this feeling. But what will you feel like after you allow yourself to feel your hard feelings? Could the emptiness go away? Could the feeling of being separate lessen? What do you have to lose by trying? Here's a start. For the next 30 days, begin to recognize your feelings. It may be a day of significance that creates feelings of sadness. It could be a random Tuesday, but recognize it. Name what you are feeling. Is it anger, loneliness, fear, rejection? Recognize that it is a feeling and it is temporary. Recognize that you feel lonely, not you are lonely. 
you feel lonely. Take a moment to think about why you feel that way. My sister is no longer here, and she was my person. She knew me, understood all of me, including my grief, and still loved me. I feel lonely because I miss her. I miss her because I loved her, and she loved me. Work your way through the feelings and thoughts attached to it. Don't run away from it. Then thank yourself for being present in the moment. I know this sounds weird, but you have to recognize that you are changing a habit. You have to do something different. You have to remind yourself that you are safe, that you are not 13 years old and waiting for everyone else to die, that you are experiencing loneliness because your sister is no longer here on earth, that you want to learn about yourself and love yourself even when you are lonely. And finish with a phrase or word that can signal the end of the experience. They talk about this in the book, The Body Keeps the Score. If we don't tell our body that the danger is gone, the body will hold on to its fight, flight, freeze response. I can see you will be mine. It was used recently in our church service. The pastor was talking about when we have doubt and fear that God is not with us. The question was asked, how do I know you are there when I can't see you? That was one of the hurdles that I had to overcome in my faith journey. In response, God replied, but I can see you. But I can see you. I needed to hear that. Even if I can't see God, he can see me. What a gift. I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution. Try this for 30 days and see how it goes. Write down your start date and commit to 30 days. Do you feel any differently? Perhaps you'd like to seek support from a professional. Our brains are such an amazing organ. The brain can change and learn new pathways. Turns out you can teach an old dog new tricks. This week, I shared a reel with the following caption. It sure is hard to live life without our people. But one thing I've learned through doing my own internal work and hearing your stories is that we have to feel so that we can heal, not move on, not forget, not live like they didn't exist, but speak their names so that they continue to live with us and through us. Feel the bittersweet emotions that arise when we hear a song that reminds us of them or see a photo of us together. Begin to heal so that we can live the life that remains, so we can stop over-functioning and over-performing to prove our worth, so that we can let down the wall that we've built around ourselves, so that we won't get hurt again, so that we can live a life that honors them and us. Our person will always be gone. There is no fixing that. But our life and time on earth remains. If it feels like the time is right, I encourage you to find your alarm, your source of pain, anger, regret, whatever it may be. Allow yourself to start to feel it. Invite a grief buddy to do it with you. When we have an accountability partner, we statistically will experience an increased chance of success. We can grow with our grief. I like to say that we can use gratitude, grit, and grace to grow with our grief. May we hold each other up during this season of growth. I'm here for you, and so are others in the Daughters Without Moms community.
Let's do this. I can see you. If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in sharing your story on the podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.